0: The revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the New Testament, the sole book of prophecy as we categorize them out of the 27 books that make up our New Testament, begins with a series of messages that Jesus had for seven churches throughout the region of Asia Minor. The churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. The order in which those congregations are listed actually are fascinating for scholars because it would be the route that we would expect an ancient letter carrier would have taken to deliver the messages to these congregations, and each of those messages were unique. They were messages from Jesus himself directly to those congregations that he wanted John to deliver to them, to reveal to them Jesus' take on specific situations that they were facing. Across each of those letters, each congregation found itself in a different place, so the words that Jesus had for them varied. It tended to be a mix of encouragement, Jesus seeing and recognizing those ways they were enduring and seeking to serve him, as well as admonition. Jesus not mincing words, but correcting those ways where they were out of step. For example, the church, first church he addresses in Revelation 2, the church in Ephesus, a place that had a long history with apostles and co workers of apostles and had long been taught what the truth was and how important it was to cling to it, had gotten very good at ferreting out false teachers, but they'd abandoned the love they had at first. So while Jesus commended their hatred of false doctrine that led his people to sin, he told them that they needed to repent and return to their first love. For the church of Smyrna, this was a congregation that found itself facing persecution soon. So Jesus' message to them was one very much focused on encouraging them to endure, to know that the tribulation that they would go through wouldn't last forever, and if they were faithful until death, they'd win the crown. And so it would be as Jesus delivered messages to each of those different congregations, as he spoke to the church of Pergamum, to the church of Thyatira, he saw congregations that were enduring persecution, and he wanted them to know, he wanted to encourage them that he saw what they were going through, that he was with them, that he recognized their efforts. But he also saw how at least some people in those congregations were tolerating false teachers that were being permissive of sexual sin, of mixing loyalty to not just God, but false gods as well. And Jesus wouldn't abide that. That had to be corrected. Other churches, like the church in Sardis, there wasn't a whole lot to commend. Instead, Jesus saw a church that seemed to have fallen asleep. So his message to them was very much one of their need to wake up to be alert, to really recognize what was going on. Whereas the church in Philadelphia had very little negative that Jesus needed to address. He just wanted to let them know that he saw their suffering and that if they just remembered to endure till the end, he would make it all right. And so it is that we come to the final of those seven churches, the church in Laodicea. And Well, when it comes to them, Perhaps it'd be best to just let you hear what Jesus had to say for himself. In Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 14, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither... Hot, nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I've prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. Fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church in Laodicea was lukewarm. They were content. I get the image of folks that were happy to come to church. Oh yeah, I follow Jesus, but that was about it. They were lacking in zeal, in passion, in devotion. They weren't going through the hard times that their fellow believers, their brothers and sisters in other parts of the world were going through. But rather than appreciating that, rather than recognizing that as cause for God to be praised, as opportunity to share from the abundance that God has given them, they were just fat and happy. They were just satisfied, felt like they had what they need, were content to just rest on their laurels and coast. And that was disgusting to Jesus. Jesus wanted to vomit people like that out of his mouth. But he still loves them. So he corrects them. He reproves them. He calls them to repentance. Specifically, he calls them to see the world, not just through their eyes, where they're just focused on what they have, what they need, feeling like everything's the way they want it to be, He challenges them to see things through his eyes, to learn from him what truly has value, what truly matters most, and to treasure that instead, to clothe themselves, not in the status symbols of this world, but in the things that Jesus provides to clothe ourselves with. And as Jesus delivers that message to Laodicea, I can't help but wonder if that's not a message a lot of our churches today, especially a lot of our churches in America need to hear. Because many of us are very materially blessed. Few of us live under a present concrete threat of persecution, of job loss, or of plundering of possessions, or imprisonment or loss of our lives for our faith in Jesus. And sometimes we grow lukewarm. We become complacent because of that. We need to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We need to let Jesus, as he reveals himself to us here in books like Revelation, open our eyes, not to trying to predict the end times, but to a different way of seeing the world, because that's what Revelation does for us. If we'll hear what the Spirit says to the churches, Jesus gives us a different point of reference. A different way of understanding the blessings we receive and the conflicts that we go through. The hard times that we might be facing personally or the struggles that we all share as fellow human beings on this planet. And as Revelation unfolds, Jesus makes clear for us where he stands in all of it. He reminds us of the fact that he is king, that he is in control, and if we value him above all else, if we put him first, then there will be things we need to correct. There'll be times where we struggle, where we need encouragement, but he will be there. And if we seek him, we will conquer. We can look forward to his presence no matter how bad things get or no matter how good things get. We can look forward to Jesus coming and making them better. So when you open Revelation, don't do so with anxiety or trepidation. Open it looking for Jesus. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Recognize that these were real people in real situations, so what Revelation says meant something to them then. It gave them something to do then, and recognize it means something to us now. If we'll only let Jesus open our eyes so that we can see our lives and our churches clearly, the way he sees.